Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another Bushy Baller brand podcast. This one will once again be on the NFL. And we are actually working right now on getting another host for the NFL podcast. So you may only be hearing my voice for one or two more podcasts. And hopefully the new guy will eventually take over and work on the NFL podcast as well. So we are working on that. So just a heads up that you may be hearing new voice on this podcast coming up. And we're going to work on different names, topics, how to flow. So that that's a big thing coming up for Bushy Baller Brands that we might be getting a new host for the NFL Weekly Podcast. With that being said, I am here to host this podcast. So let's jump into this one. And this podcast is going to be going to try to keep it a little bit shorter this time. Who knows? Sometimes I get rambling if I get upset or frustrated with something at a certain topic. But I'm just going to give you two big stories that came out of the first week of the NFL and then list a couple of key injuries for you as well that may apply to whether it's your team or if you have some of these guys on your fantasy team and you want to drop them or IR them or do whatever. That's up to you because it's your fantasy team. So I'm going to give you two big stories and the injuries. I'm going to start off with the Odell Beckham Jr. story, which, I mean, at this point in his NFL career, when is Odell Beckham Jr. not in the news? It seems like even in the offseason, if the guy's doing nothing, he's doing something. He's always in the news, whether it's a different outfit that he wears or something that he says or maybe it's something that he did, post on social media, whatever it is, this guy always seems to find himself in the news. And, I mean, some of it's entertaining, some of it's funny, some of it's kind of like it makes you question it, what he's doing. For me, this story just kind of has me questioning why, and it's that fact that OBJ wore a $250,000 watch during the game. If you haven't seen it, you can look up the pictures. It's very clear that he wore the watch, and the NFL did find him for wearing it. And it's kind of funny seeing Odell Beckham with something like this, and after he found out about the fine that he was in trouble, and that he was told not to wear it, he tweeted out something. I don't remember the exact tweet, but something along the lines of, if it's not this, then it's something else. And he said he said that if he wasn't fine for wearing the watch, then he would probably be fine for the way that he tied his shoes or something stupid like that. Which, I mean, the NFL does have a history of giving random fines, but obviously not something that dumb. And, I mean, this is definitely a finable offense because, I mean, you're not supposed to be wearing hardware on your wrist during an NFL game because it can put your own wrist at own wrist at risk of injury that's kind of hard to say or it could i mean you could put someone else at risk you never know i mean it's a watch so it could cut someone hit someone hard it could break who knows and then you got pieces on the ground on the field that could really be detrimental to the game so you never know so for odell i mean it's better just to not wear it he did say that it should be okay because it technically wasn't hardware because it was plastic which i mean you're not going to win that argument you wore a watch that was a quarter of a million dollars during a game. So I don't really understand why he was trying to argue with it or try to claim that it was okay. Because, I mean, regardless of what it was, it was a plastic watch, no matter what, shouldn't be wearing it. I don't know why he continues to do this. He did say that he doesn't care and that he's going to continue to wear hardware like this, which, I mean, what, like, why? Like, what, what is the point of wearing a watch? Like, just to stick it to the man or just to say, hey, I can do what I want when I want when I play? I mean, no, you, you can't be just out here wearing watches, wearing whatever the heck you want. There's guidelines, and the NFL has guidelines for a reason. They don't just put guidelines out there just to say, oh, we want to make the game less fun or not be able to wear a certain... No, there's a reason, because it puts people at risk of injury or something else that could affect the game. And so there's reasons 
the NFL has certain things you can and can't wear. And I get it. And some of these guys, I think that they just look at it as, you know, I make X amount of money. They're only going to find me this amount, which isn't a lot. So who cares if I'm making, say, $10 million a year and they find me like 15000 a game. That's like nothing to these guys. They don't care. They'll write the check, pay the fine, do what they want. And I just think that that's the mindset of OBJs. Who cares what they find me? I'll pay it. I'm making this amount of money. It's not really going to hurt my bank account. And this is the kind of stuff that with the Browns, you can't have much longer. And it needs to stop, and it's unnecessary drama. It's just not needed. I mean, it's bad enough. You lost week one to the Titans 43-13. to Let's not act like you won here or that it was a close game. You guys got blown out to the Titans. Just let that sink in. The Titans, they are not a good team. The Browns had all the hype, all this talent around them, and he got blown out week one. And this is the kind of drama that the Browns just cannot afford, and they don't need it. And it's just, someone needs to talk to OBJ and say, hey, listen, man, I understand that you want to do this or that you're trying to make a point, but can you just not wear the watch? I mean, seriously, it's unnecessary drama that's out in the news. I mean, most people didn't even notice this or you didn't even care. Then someone posts about it. The NFL gets aware of it. They find him, and then he tries to make a point about his life or what he wants to wear, and he doesn't care about the fines and saying that he's always getting fined for something. Which, if you look at his career, his fines in his career, there's always been a reason to fine him. He's not just sitting at home watching TV, and the NFL's like, we're going to fine you because you shouldn't be watching this channel. No, they have their reasons for fining you. So just don't wear the watch. Just don't be an idiot. Just play football without a watch. I mean, how many times in your career have you played without a watch? And you're all of a sudden going to make a big deal about it, and you're going to say you're going to continue to wear it. This is the drama that people talk about with the Browns. I'm still high in the Browns because I am a huge Baker Mayfield fan, but this kind of stuff cannot go on. There's enough hype around it as it is. You don't need to wear it. You're 0-1. You lost by 30 points to the Titans week one. So, Odell, just stop. Just knock it off with the drama. It's not needed. It's only going to hurt your team. And just move on. Just don't wear the watch. That's my suggestion to him. Just don't wear this watch. Now I'm going to hit you with a couple of injuries that came up in week one. Now, like every NFL week, there's some injuries here and there. Some guys that go down. And maybe it's a backup or it's a special teamer that's replaced by someone else. And I'm not saying that these guys aren't important. I don't want to get that wrong mentality cards. I'm not saying that every player to a team isn't important. Because they are. Each player has their own important role to the team. But here are some big name-ish players that got hurt and uh, from what I'm seeing from the reports of how long they're going to be out and again like I said if you have them on your fantasy team something to keep your eye out for if you want so I'm going to start keep it going with the Browns theme Baker Mayfield obviously in his first game had one touchdown three picks he wasn't looking right the balls that he were throwing wasn't exactly how he was last year and after the game we came out and it said news came out that he had a bruised hand and a lot of people are saying, oh, well, that's what affected his week one performance. Very much could be. I mean, if you have a bruised hand and you're a quarterback, you're throwing with the hand. Obviously, it's going to affect your performance. Now, I'm not going to put all of the bad performance on the bruised hand because it's just a bruise. It's not like it's broken or fractured or anything. But, I mean, it definitely it definitely could affect his throwing. So, Baker Mayfield, just keep an eye out on him. I don't think or I haven't seen yet anything about ruling him out for any games. But the bruised hand is definitely something to keep an eye out on. Keeping with the quarterback theme, got Patrick Mahomes, who sprained his ankle, but did finish the game. He's not expected to miss any time as well. But again, 
when you're a guy like Patrick Mahomes and those ankle injuries can be really nagging and can be really obnoxious. So you're going to want to keep your eye out on Patrick Mahomes. And with the Chiefs as well, Tyreek Hill had a clavicle injury. At first, the team was really worried that it was broken and that he was going to have to get surgery and be out for the year. Luckily, he dodged a bullet and it wasn't broken and he's just going to need some healing and some resting time. So he's expected to miss a few weeks. Um, really heartbreaking for a lot of fans, both Eagles fans and Jaguars fans. Nick Foles, in his first game as a Jaguar, he had a dime of a touchdown pass. It got hit hard. The player landed right on him, broke his clavicle. His season is over, so it'll be interesting to see. The Jaguars did just trade for Josh Dobbs. He's going to be their backup, but their starter, Gardner Minshew, you gotta you gotta check out this guy's story and look at him. A lot of people are saying that he's like the modern day Uncle Rico. I mean, just go check this guy out. He did play extremely well in taking over for Nick Foles, so that's a guy to keep your eye out for. But again, Nick Foles out for the year. For the Minnesota Vikings, Mackenzie Alexander had an elbow injury. He just was not looking good. He didn't look comfortable in the game, and that explains it. They're saying that he should be out roughly between four to six weeks. Um, Eric Weddle is had a head laceration. He was out for the game, but I don't think or I haven't seen any expectations of him missing any time because, I mean, it's a laceration, but who knows? That could lead to a concussion or could lead to something else. So just keep your eye out on Eric Weddle. Malik Jackson had a list Frank injury for the Eagles. That was one of their big offseason signings. He was carted off, and when I was watching the game, I barely know. I don't even think I noticed him getting carted off. So I saw that, and I was a little shocked. I was like, did this? Did he even get hurt? Like I knew that he went down, but I didn't see any sort of carting off. And he is done for the season. And so the Eagles lose one of their top guys on the defensive line. But they're so deep that not saying they're not going to miss him, but somebody's going to fill in that role pretty nicely. You'd expect somebody like a Tim Jernigan to come in and replace him. For the 49ers, Tevin Coleman, the running back, had an ankle sprain. He is expected to be out for a few weeks. So if you're in fantasy, you might want to, you know, keep that guy on your bench. It's not going to be long term. But any Matt Breda fantasy owners are probably super happy because he's going to be back there leading the running backs. Keeping with running backs, Joe Mixon had an ankle injury for the Bengals. He's expected to be out for a few weeks as well. And just watch for Giovanni Bernard to really be the workhorse for the Bengals for whatever time Joe Mixon is expecting to miss. Mike Williams, receiver for the Chargers, had a knee injury. He said that he's okay, and so we'll have to see where he goes and with the Chargers and how he feels. Um, with another wide receiver, Devin Funches, broke his collarbone for the Colts, wide receiver for the Colts, and he says that he wants to get a second opinion about it and see if he's going to be able to play this year. Reports are, and it's looking like Devin Funches will miss the rest of the year with that broken collarbone. And finally, with some of the key injuries, the Steelers had multiple guys get hurt and did not return with the likes of T.J. Watt, Marquise Pouncey, Joe Hayden, and Juju Smith-Schuster all got hurt during that Sunday night game against the Patriots and did not return. As for the length, I haven't seen any report on any of these guys on how long they're going to be out. For those fancy owners who had Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm sure that you guys are just you guys are sitting there and waiting for an update because he is supposed to have a stellar year, already did last year, and they're expecting him to have a big year this year as well. So if you have Juju Smith-Schuster in fantasy, I haven't seen any updates, So, which could be a good thing, which could mean that he's fine. So I would say keep him in your fantasy lineup until you hear otherwise. And so those are some of the big injuries from week one. 
And obviously from a week-to-week basis, there's going to be different guys that get hurt, different guys that get injured. And so always keep your eye out for those injuries, not just for fantasy purposes, but if you're a fan of these teams, you also want to keep an eye out because those are some key guys for those teams that will be missing. And the final thing that I want to hit on today's podcast is the story of Antonio Brown. And it is one that makes you cringe. It is one that makes you question a lot of things. It kind of hurts your gut just thinking and talking about it. And you just your opinion is constantly swaying back and forth about how you feel about this guy. So let's just quickly recap what Antonio Brown has been through. So he was traded to the Raiders. And then he showed up to camp with frostbitten feet and couldn't practice. And then there's reports he gets into a fight with the GM of the Raiders, Mike Mayock. Then he issues an apology to the team, apparently heartfelt, really meaningful. He posts a YouTube video about a phone call that he had with John Gruden and the head coach of the Raiders, questioning if he wanted to be a Raider, and you hear Antonio Brown saying that he has wanted to be a Raider this whole time. They then, well, a little before all this happened, they decided that they were going to cancel out the $30 million guaranteed of his contract, which obviously, being a superstar, being the Antonio Brown that he is, He's not going to enjoy that. He's not going to like that. He wants his guaranteed money. And so that just set him off, and he was just so upset about that. And I heard a couple reports that that came after the heartfelt apology, which really set him off. And so Antonio Brown, after all this, posts something on Instagram saying that he wants to be released from the Raiders. And what do they do? They grant him his release. Antonio Brown is released from the Raiders on Saturday, this past Saturday. And... On top of that, of course, like everything, with Antonio Brown and the Patriots being out there, everybody speculated, oh, it's Bill Belichick, it's the Patriots, they always go out there, they always get an all-star, they always get the elite talent, the top guys, so rumor has it that he's going to sign with the Patriots. A couple other teams were out there. What does he do? Signs the one-year contract with the Patriots, 15 mil, with $9 million guaranteed with it. And so, obviously, he's not going to suit up Sunday night against the Steelers, although it would have been interesting because that was his old team. But because he's with the team for about 24 hours and he couldn't get a practice and so all that. And so, he's with the Patriots, settling in. I saw a couple of things say that he was going to be living with Tom Brady for a little bit to help him get immersed in the culture and help Tom Brady be able to help Antonio Brown just. Which, I mean, that, that's nice of him. I, I could see him being very appreciative you know, the quarterback, the greatest quarterback of all time, welcoming you into his house to help you get into the different things about how to adjust to New England and the culture and the style of them. Well, we all thought that, okay, Antonio Brown was there, and this is this is him for a year, maybe two. Kind of a lot of people have seen kind of similar things to Randy Moss, a Raider to Patriot, being this elite talent, being a little bit of a drama king kind of thing. And so earlier this week, a story came out about Antonio Brown that really a lot of people are hoping isn't true, but it's gaining some traction and it's really starting to heat up. And I'm seeing a lot more things seeing that it could be true. And if it is, then Antonio Brown, I'm sorry, but you got to be out of the league. The NFL, if all of this is true, the NFL needs to ban Antonio Brown and he needs to get some help or be thrown in jail or something because these are just it's just a sickening thing that's going on with him right now. And this, this, these sections that I'm about to read to you are going are from ESPN. So I'm not taking credit for this. This isn't my writing or my research. This is just a section from ESPN that I found about Antonio Brown. It says that Antonio Brown has been accused of sexually assaulting his former trainer, according to a lawsuit that was filed Tuesday in the Southern District of Florida. 
The first alleged incident of Antonio Brown was in June of 2017 when his trainer, last name Taylor, says that Brown exposed himself and kissed her without consent at one of his Pittsburgh area homes. A month later, while at Antonio Brown's home in his native Miami, Brown did some things that I'm not going to say um, behind her and did different things onto her um, while she was at his house. And, that's, and then he later bragged about it in a series of text messages, which is just so sickening to me that somebody would do something sexual like that to a trainer when the trainer clearly would not want that and then you would go and brag about it. That's just, I, I don't even know how you could do that. And then that is what the trainer said. The trainer also says that in May of 2018, after a night out at a Miami area club, she went back to Antonio Brown's home in Miami to use the bathroom and have some food. Which, I mean, if you're a trainer, that's a normal thing to do. And she said that Antonio Brown forced her down onto a bed, pushed her face into the mattress, and forcibly raped her. The alleged incidents have the trainer suffering nearly daily panic attacks and suicidal thoughts, which is what they're saying in the lawsuit. She's seeking in excess of $75,000, and apparently this lawsuit caught the Patriots by surprise, is what Adam Schefter is reporting, and that they'll have to decide how to proceed with Antonio Brown. And he was scheduled to practice on Wednesday, and they did interview Bill Belichick, and he did say that he was going to practice today, Wednesday, and then somebody asked him about if he's going to play in the game, and his typical Bill Belichick response was just one game at a time. So there is a possibility that Roger Goodell would place Antonio Brown on the commissioner's exempt list, and which would mean that Antonio Brown will not be counted on the Patriots' active list while the league investigates the allegations. Again, all that reporting, all that news is from ESPN. It is not my work, just so that people know when you go out there that this is not my work. This is something that is very serious and that needs to be handled immediately. The NFL needs to do all that they can to find out about Antonio Brown and what is going on with him and if this is all true. And if it is, this would explain a lot of Antonio Brown's acting up because this would explain him being a drama queen and trying to draw as much attention to himself and just disperse all this stuff to try to cover up what he knew was going to eventually come out. Because if this is all true, this is something that needs to come out and has to come out and that when stuff like this happens you know that it will eventually and that this stuff can't be kept this whole time and so it's starting to make people think well if Antonio Brown I mean lately if he's been this way maybe just trying to draw as much attention away from this and try to not let people find out about it and you had the helmet incident then the frostman feed then the fight and then begging to be released and you have a couple YouTube videos when you are released he put out a video of him celebrating, saying that he was free, and all this stuff. But Roger Goodell and the NFL needs to act quickly on this situation. Antonio Brown, if this is true, needs to be out of the league. I don't care what kind of talent he is. I don't care if he's got Hall of Fame potential or what kind of contract he's on. He needs to be out of the NFL, if this is all true. And I don't even think that he should be playing while the investigation is going on. Because he's just going to be keep racking up this money and keep doing what he loves while the investigation goes on. And it might not be fair to the girl that this is a, that this allegedly came from because she knows what happened. And Tony Brown just getting away with it and doing what he loves. And so this needs to be addressed quickly. And I'm sorry, New England Patriots fans who were ready to see him and the New England Patriots organization. But this guy does not deserve to be playing a game for you right now. 
He does not deserve a roster spot in the NFL. He does not. All of this is just sickening. Makes me sick to just talk about it. Reading the story and what happened just hurt me because of how bad I feel for her and that she had to keep this inside and eventually it came out. And I I just, I don't know. Antonio Brown can't be in the NFL. And this needs to be addressed. I've said this several times clearly, but needs to be addressed ASAP because this is a very, very serious incident. And Antonio Brown, you've got to go. And the league and law enforcement, who's ever involved, needs to crack down on this case very very quickly and this man needs to be in jail if this is all true and i i almost want to say i hope it's not because that would be very sickening i mean there's two sides of the story because if it's is true he's gone he's got no place in the nfl if this is all true if it's not true then it's sad because that means the trainer made all this disgusting stuff up about antonio brown just to get some money and then she needs to be locked up if she's just making all this up just trying to bring him down so either way, somebody needs to be locked up in this case because either Antonio Brown clearly raped and did disgusting things to a trainer or a trainer is making up lies about this guy to try to get him some money. So whatever party's lying, someone needs to go. And I don't want to say I hope it's one person or the other because I don't. Because stuff like this is just sad to see. But Antonio Brown, you have to be able to, you have to come out and just be honest with it. Because honesty is what's going to help be best at this. If you keep denying it and lying and coming up with all these different things, saying you didn't do it just to keep your spot in the NFL, and they find out it's true, you're only hurting yourself. So if you're Antonio Brown, come clean. Tell everybody what's going on because it needs to be addressed. And if this is all true, I'm sorry, Antonio Brown, but you have got to go. Well, that does it for this week's NFL podcast, which is a little bit shorter than usual, but there was really only two big stories out of the NFL this week. And obviously I knocked down a couple of key injuries. So keep keep focused on the NFL. Keep updating your fantasy rosters if you play fantasy football. keep The injuries are something that you want to keep in the back of your mind. It was an exciting week one. Week two is going to be even more fun. So keep your eye out for the different games that are coming up in week two. And I appreciate so much you guys giving me a listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for the support. Don't forget to check out the website. You can go to the Instagram, Bushy Baller Brand, and it is linked there. And you can check out, we have Baseline, which is a blog written by our own Jacob Chase. We have The Scoop, which is a NFL blog written by Blake Barstar. And we're working on getting YouTube guys. And obviously, like I said, pretty soon you're going to be hearing a different voice on the weekly NFL podcast. And I will be going back to hosting the NBA podcast on a weekly basis. But Bushy Baller Brand is up and coming. We're working on several things. Go check out the website, the blogs, the YouTube channel, the podcast, everything. Go check it out. I appreciate you so much giving me a listen. And thank you so much for all the support. And we will continue to work hard, do our research, and try to put out content as quickly as possible whenever whatever different updates come up from the NFL and the NBA. Thank you so much for all the support. We really appreciate it. And don't forget to tune in next week for our weekly NFL podcast.